Warning, the following contains audio of two good friends attempting to discuss music with no qualifications whatsoever. No one asked for this, but you're going to get it. There will be shitty hot takes, terrible opinions, and impressions done poorly. Listener discretion is advised. Howdy, y'all. It's time for another rootin' tootin', boot scootin' boogieing. Wonderful edition of music, Maria. And also Drake. Woo! We are not in the brood book today. We are in the comfort of my own home. Drake has been through the trenches. He has been through the ringer. But by the grace of God, he is here with us today. So y'all better appreciate this man for coming into your ear holes to provide us with some quality content, insight, and shenanigans. Having a great time. How are you, bud? Aside from tired and decrepit. <laughs> yeah, other than that, I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, now that I've gotten here and just relaxed for a second, I feel a lot better. So, um, yeah, it was just a 12-hour day that I did not expect to have to work. But, oh, well, how are you? Doing jazzy. We're having a great time. We've got a fun show in store for you folks today, including a fun little mini game. It's been a while since we've had a proper mini game, so that's fun. You know, we... uh popped you full of chocolate hummus when you walk through the door yeah see chocolate hummus makes everything better go get it it was only 350 at target if you can believe it yeah for that entire tray not sponsored but it's definitely worth checking out yeah for the mini game today i figured i'd give you some kind of insight because i know i don't really tell you what they are off the record until we yeah that's the fun part (laughs) open for a surprise uh so yeah we have our good friend dianca here who is also a a book girly much like yourself so she has comprised a insight a small crash course into uh, what songs are giving book talk are you aware of book talk i know you're not on tiktok but that is a genre of tiktok that is a niche of tiktok of people who read and share their thoughts on reading okay they're very literate folks and yeah go ahead and grab yourself a a frosty beverage or a toasty beverage wherever you are and we'll come back with our friend to talk about some books and some sluts all right folks Strap in, we're about to have a conversation. She's already corpsing. This is going to be great. Yeah, he, Drake has no idea what he's getting into, and we're just having a silly, goofy time. We're just giggling. <laughs> I have a funny face, according to our guest, so that's why she's laughing. Damn, she really said, hey, you looking funny, pal. Looking like a real jokester. <laughs> but yes, we'll like to introduce you to our friend, Dianca friend to all or friend to most tolerates all yeah tolerates all but but a friend to few we'll go with that yes an avid (laughs) i'm trying to be realistic (laughs) and yeah an established book girly herself tom blythe aficionado lover of the combat arts so yeah i will give this to dianca and she will kind of give you a crash course in what it means to be a part of book talk and the music that comes from book talk because after all while we do love talking about books this is still a music podcast so we'll let dianca kind of introduce herself talk about what her relationship to music is and then she will educate you on the virtues of her book talk playlist everyone welcome dianca I was like, this is happening so fast. I thought you guys could do your podcasting, and I was like, gonna come in last. Oh no, it's the start. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, I'm I'm Dianca. Hi. Um, my relationship to music is like you know having a silly goofy time. I guess. <laughs> I feel like I don't even have a favorite band or artist. I feel like it's just very much like my mood. I listen to music based on my mood, and then I get hyper fixated on one song, and then it's like my song for a month and then i'm like i'm sick of it and then i'll probably never listen to it until like six months later okay. it's insane <laughs> but like the book talk thing with like the music it's it depends right it's very like no because it's it's this is real <laughs> it's like it's like some like the smutty books and it's like the dirty music like mostly like 
the weekend the weekend's like a big one for like the smutty booktop gullies and then there are like the innocent ones where it's like daylight oh wait no that's getting to like um royalty cool it's a lot like songs that make you feel like you're part of like the royalty whatever they're going on then there's fantasy core which i haven't gotten into but that's a whole deal and then (laughs) it is and then there are people who like listen to songs to like make put themselves in books you ever heard of the song um um fictional where it was like a whole trend thing it was like it was like a bit of it where it was like um people would record themselves singing the songs running in the rain like they were a part of a book and then like the ending they would just collapse on the ground and start crying <laughs> but like songs like fictional and like um achilles hail daylight a lot of sped up songs are very much bug talk songs okay. like it just gives like the theme of the song okay. or the theme of the book or like if you ask what is this book about they're like okay they give you the aesthetic of the book and they give you like a theme song to play by it like the twisted series like there is like a whole thing like even on youtube like you look up twisted series playlist they have one for each book okay it's it's crazy it's hilarious though it's amazing or like for the harry potter books i'll listen to like brown noise in the background or like harry potter playlists it's like an orchestra it's just very like mythical orchestra or else or else it's not harry potter it's not giving harry potter yeah so what are these videos with people running in the rain then i'm very confused about that are they just doing parts from the book and putting music in the background that they think fits what the book aesthetic is no they're like they're playing the song and like it's like a part of the song that's the ending so fictional is basically like the song i forgot who it was by but basically her song is very much like she's living in the real world but she'd rather be in a book and it's like there are no good men in the real world so it's like fictional it's like falling in love with like a guy in a book because like she go it's all for you but you don't it's it's really good well hey it's my entire life so it's by chloe rose it's a really good book it's a newer song it's very like indie indie talk book talk it just got really popular book talk and people like they would dress up in like these gowns gowns (laughs) and it's like they'd act like a princess or they're in the book the sense of you reading a book you being so engulfed in the book that you are the main character and then you're finishing the book and realizing that like none of this exists and it's not real and it's sad (laughs) i mean i don't i don't even know because i yeah i'm very confounded that's a great way to describe what i'm feeling right now actually just like that emoji of that guy who's just standing there. Uh, yeah yeah i don't yeah the the fucking monsters and characters out here yeah 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 i don't i don't understand i don't understand anything on tiktok if i'm being honest with you here i mean like most of them like read the books and they give you like well like they like read it and like well i like this in this book and like that in that book like that is book talk but then there are like the people that are like dude this book is so good and they'll show you a quote and they'll have like the music playing behind it that represents that book and if it's like a smutty quote honestly that's half the reason that's half of the books i read if i'm being honest like i'll be on tiktok just scrolling and it like shows you a quote of like the book and it'll have like the music that represents like the playlist behind it and then it's like dude you guys have to read this book and then like sometimes you read the book and you get up to that quote you're like this is amazing then other times you read the book get up to quote and i'm like why did you do that this is more sad than i thought it was going to be if i'm being honest with you um this is turning into her just trauma dumping yeah yeah i don't i don't know what to make of any of it so i'm just here to get a background essentially on book talk and the whole atmosphere and what they're doing on there okay fair enough i don't understand it but i'm trying to (laughs) you know (laughs) just that that's that's what we love to do here we love to just put drake into unknown territory and be like this is what's going on in the world this is what people do yes and just to clue you in on on the inside joke there the are you lost baby squirrel is a meme from tiktok basically satirizing the ultra serious like dom 50 shades type gentleman in like these smutty novels and like their big fucking line is 
are you lost baby girl and it's so unserious <laughs> so then of course because the internet is also inherently unserious yeah, yeah. they created a meme called are you lost baby squirrel <laughs> so yeah yeah okay. hope, hope you enjoyed that yeah. <laughs> All right, so after uh, I got some knowledge on book talk here, um, which was uh, very enlightening in a lot of ways, uh, <laughs> I tried my best. I did. But yes, we were talking about first albums that we've heard inside of our respective genres, and I was very curious to hear what Maria thinks of this one because it's from Lamb of God, um, their fourth album called Ashes of the Wake. Because when I gave her hypocrisy, however long ago, that was the most aggressive music that I had given her, which she later stated was a lot to do with the lyrics, um, which I understand it was a very uh, gruesome set of lyrics. But this one's definitely more political, and I feel like the vocalist is more clear with his vocals. So I was, I was curious to see what she would think of this one. And also, it is like the first album I heard in the genre, and I had been wanting to get your thoughts on this one anyway, so... What'd you think? Well, I thank you for giving me this album. I will say right off the bat on the record that I did enjoy this greatly leaps and bounds way more than hypocrisy. I was not nearly as terrified or put off. <laughs> I was not nearly as fearful for my life and wondering if these gentlemen were going to hunt me down and also skin me. So love that. They're just, you know, having a silly goofy time as they do. But I did enjoy this album because this is the first I've ever heard of Lamb of God. But I knew of them. Yeah, like unlike a couple of other bands that you've given me before on the pod where I just have never heard of them, yeah, yeah. never really listened to them. Um, this was fun because I have heard of Lamb of God because my brother, I believe, was a fan of theirs. I just never really listened to them. He was like a heavy metal kind of guy. He did like, you know, these Lamb of God guys, these... um what I was trying to use a non-mainstream metal guy that he liked, but I can't think of it right now. But just know he was he was very cool, uh, like a a Def Leppard kind of guy. Maybe that's not the word I'm looking for. No, I retract that. Pour some sugar on me though is a bop. I don't mind Def Leppard, but if we're going for cool points here, I don't think Def Leppard fits the bill. No, as soon as it left my lips, I was like, nope, that's not the point that I wanted to make. But in any case, this was fun. I enjoyed that while I had never heard anything from these gentlemen before, they were exactly how I imagined them to sound. And I love that. Sometimes when bands subvert my expectations and get a little weird, like Eson last week when I was not expecting him to get as weird as he did, I was like, this is fun. But then there's also a, like a fun fondness to somebody also just meeting you at those expectations. So before I get into the first track on this album, which is called Laid to Rest, off of their album here that came out in 2004. Uh, you did say that this was the first album you had ever listened to in the genre. So I just got to ask for future context. Did you listen to this in 2004 or did you listen to this after? That is actually a good question. I know if it wasn't, if it was after, it wasn't too long after. I just don't remember when it was exactly. Um, I might have listened to it when it came out, though, because my brothers loved it, and then I just kind of heard it through, like, osmosis by them, so it was probably pretty close to that point, so I was eight at that time. Well, hell so, yeah, yeah, brother. I liked this opening track because not only does an opening track have to be objectively good to get my attention i feel like that's a water is wet kind of situation but i think as well you are correct in telling me that this gentleman really has some point in things to say and while they aren't nearly as aggressive <laughs> as hypocrisy i was still able to enjoy how blunt he was and how just direct he was so i just want to give a little dramatic reading i have the lyrics pulled up here uh, of just the first couple lines of this song because when mind you when this is the beginning of an album again you don't have expectations aside from really what i knew of lamb of god but here's what some of the lyrics were in this song for those who don't know at home <clears throat> console yourself you're better alone destroy yourself see who gives a fuck <laughs> and this man just says that with his whole chest and i said all right but then <laughs> this is where my next thought came in because he just repeats it over and over again at the end of the refrain he goes see who gives a fuck see who gives a fuck see who gives a fuck and i was like holy shit man this is rock but also <laughs> i was like yeah given the devil horns but at the same time i was like 
is nine-year-old Drake okay? <laughs> this is the, the first thing that you heard as a nine-year-old youth. I was like, I understand, yeah. but also I just need to know, is he, was he okay? <laughs> to answer this question, no, nine-year-old Drake was not okay. Drake was not happy until he was about 25 years well, old. Well, then, so. <laughs> it's, you, it's you who gives a fuck. <laughs> That's the answer to that question. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that you're doing okay now. <laughs> I was I was gonna offer you a hug if not, cause yeah. I will still take fantastic. a hug. A hug you shall get. But yeah, his lyrics were very insightful and almost political, like you had said. At least from this first song, where like uh, a few other lyrics were just "I'll chain you to the truth, for the truth shall set you free. I'll turn the screw into vengeance and bury you with honesty," like bars. Yeah come through my guy yes so with that said comes the timely question as we ask every episode it's my favorite thing who is our who's our friend here what is his name so if i'm saying it right it is uh randy bly his name is spelled b-l-y-t-h-e so for the longest time i said blythe but apparently it's bly according to him so that's, I assume that's what it is. And on uh, the albums, he calls himself D. Randall Bly, which I think is really nice. It's very uh, distinguished. It's very distinguished. Yes, I was going to gonna say like dignified. I was, that was going to be the word or like fancy, yeah. very pinky up of him. Yeah. He's like, the th is silent. Uh, you don't pronounce the th. No, it's just, yeah. it's just, hello. It's French right. Hello. <laughs> no, it's British. God damn it. <laughs> We, we already offended them enough. I was also about to ask if he was Norwegian or Swedish or any of the other kind of Norse people that we have talked about. <laughs> so, you know, he's different. Yeah. He is from Franklin, Virginia. He's so. just, a, just a guy from Franklin, <laughs> yeah. Franklin, Virginia. You know, good for him. Yeah. You know, he's got to shake things up here because, you know, we're not going to get a Swedish audience any faster, I, I think, at this point. But... Fun fact, I did look at our analytics as of late, and we actually got some new viewers in different countries. Let me go ahead and pull it up real quick, so I want to make sure I get the countries right. But I was like, who? Who is joining us? I mean, they had to replace the Brits somehow, because we just went ahead and did a whole episode. If you have not, go and listen to that of some silly little Brits. Uh, and then they just decided to fuck off, and they're like, we've had it. We're done. Okay, so here are the new people that have joined us. Uh, we got less than 1% from Kenya, okay. less than 1% from Zambia, Zombie. yeah, and less than 1% from South Africa. Look at that. Yeah. yeah, they're right underneath Germany. Those are in our top five, brother. That's wild. Yeah, so shout out yeah. to, to y'all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, <laughs> going back to the rest of this album before we go on a tangent, for as much as I bitched about Apple Music last time, I will allow myself to give them some props for this go around and i will elaborate uh i was listening to this album the first couple go arounds on my laptop here while i was working i was very productive today shout out to me and it was nice of apple music at least on my laptop that every time a new song would come on it would give me a little notification of what oh, the new song was because yeah, yeah. i know i have that problem sometimes we're like I've noted on this podcast where I'll be listening to this album while I'm doing something and I kind of don't have the time to check and see what each song right. is. So the fact that Apple Music was like, by the way, here's the new song. Oh, yeah. And I can tell when a song ends and begins. Right. And I love that for me. That nice. yeah. So it definitely made it a lot easier for me this go around to figure out what was what when I was leaving my notes. Because one of my frustrations is sometimes I will make notes, but then I won't put what song it's for. So I'm like, ah, I wish I knew what song this was for, but this is what I thought about it. So. Yeah, shout out Tavel Music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out. So now that you've got something to die for, that was the next one to really get my attention because I thought I liked the lyrics on Laid to Rest, but then I think I liked those lyrics a little bit more. I was like, these are my fave lyrics so far. This is probably my favorite. Yeah, that song has really good lyrics. It's very much in the vein of like a Disposable Heroes from Metallica, where it has to deal with a lot like with war and just people going to die and just 
dying for countries that don't care about them. It's, oh, yeah, it's very definitely. And I'm glad stuff. you made that correlation because that's the first thing that I thought when I listened to this the first yeah. go around. I was like, this reminds me of One because for those who haven't heard One by Metallica, it's a great song, by the way. Music video is also great. It's very haunting, very poignant. But it's also like a very much anti-war type of song about like, you know, now that the war is through with me, now just another wartime novelty, you know, so a banger. So objectively, I think that's what really drew this to me as well, because I pulled up some more lyrics, folks. This is just the tone of today. You know, very striking imagery where it's like bombs to set the people free, blood to free the Dollar Tree, flags for coffins on the screen, oil for the machine. Like, this was released in 2004, so the fact that this is still as relevant and true and hard-hitting 20 years later says a lot about our society. It's not great. (laughs) Not great. But, you know, they continue to go send the children to the fire. Sons and daughters stack the pyre, stoke the flame of the empire to live another day. And again, bars like this man is just rhyming shit. Like, come through, political Dr. Seuss. (laughs) I am here for it, Mr. Blay. (laughs) Yeah, we'll say even though it came out in 2004, this was, gosh, I mean, three years after 9-11, it was... We were still in Iran, Iraq, Iraq. Okay. I always get it confused. Um, but yeah, like this was still in the heart of that war. And I, I'm sure you might reference it uh, when you're talking about the rest of the album, but the instrumentalish song towards the end, Ashes of the Wake has like a, a snippet of some politician talking about the war in Baghdad. And it's a very <laughs> chilling no, quote to say that the least. wasn't really a note that I had specifically for Ashes of the Wake, but it's a similar sentiment that I have in my, uh, notes here so I will get to that but going down the line a little bit more just going to other songs here that caught my attention on the album strangely enough my autocorrect on my phone when I was taking notes put a little asterisk on the A of Omerta oh. so I wanted to know if that was a thing or where that album or sorry where that song title came from because I was like that's very interesting that Google just auto-corrected the spelling of that to like a accent on the a but again i googled it myself because i am if not a very insightful human (laughs) uh looks like omerta and you can see here the asterisk not sorry the asterisk accent right here it's not like the spanish one but it's like the other one and i guess that defines an extreme form of loyalty and solidarity in the face of authority which blends with the theme. It does. This man said, I got words. Yeah. I'm going to use big words. Yeah. So now I'm wondering if I'm even pronouncing it right. Like Omerta? Or Omerta. <laughs> In the song, he says Omerta. So, yeah, I, I think it's I'll fine that it. way. There's not oftentimes that I pronounce things right. The accent's gone, yeah, it's gone on the actual like song title, yeah. but I guess the actual word itself yeah. For those grammar Nazis at home, it has an accent on the A, okay? Don't come for me. Don't come for Lamb of God. Don't come for Bly. Yeah. All right. Um, I had my pretty much favorite facet that did continue throughout the entire album was that there were little snippets of, like, spoken word yeah. in between the songs. And, man, I just love a good spoken word. I don't know why, but I think it adds such a level of, like, poignancy and interesting Ness. I can't think of another big word for that. I've used all my big words with Omerta for today. Yeah, yeah. That's my big word quota. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the fact that you just interjected some spoken word kind of like in the ish, middle-ish type of, I just went, this goes hard. Yeah. Because, you know, it does. And then actually I do have a note for Ashes of the Wake for that too because I said, hey, I like the spoken word in the middle too. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Works out. I don't even know what I'd be writing down sometimes, but apparently past me did enjoy that little yeah. spoken word from Ashes of the Wake as well. So yeah, spoken word through albums, when done correctly, I think can add just such a great layer to storytelling versus, you know, just musicality. And uh, since we're on the topic of Omerita here, um, that's um, we, we go back to this question every once in a while because you asked me before we started the podcast, like what I consider heaviness to be. If anybody wants to know my answer, that song is a really good example because that has such a uh, deep and sludgy riff to it that I think is amazing. And it's just the whole song and it builds up. 
It's fantastic. It's probably my favorite song on the whole album. Absolutely. And I get it now, which is great. Like, And I think it's important to differentiate, too, not to harp on what we said too much last week, but the difference in like sludginess and dirtiness and diginess without it sounding like not great. Yeah. Like there's that fine line to be towed because I know a criticism that you had mentioned last week with black metal is that it can be heavy and dirty and dingy, but it also just sounds like shit <laughs> objectively. Um, but this on the opposite hand, like still has those same facets, but the production of it and the presentation of it is so different. So when I had asked you, even as like late as last week of like, what's the difference between black metal and metalcore? Or like, I had even seen some people call Lamb of God, like death metal. If that was something that you would concur with. Yay or nay. I can hear it somewhat vocally because he does have that low guttural, but I wouldn't agree with it on any other facet because death metal is a lot about like speed and, uh, there's something called blast beats. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, but yeah, that's a, a lot of what death metal is. It's very fast and very quick. And vocally, I can understand it a little bit, but I would not call them death metal at all. Fair enough. Because I know there's so many like subgenres just within this genre that it's hard to keep up with sometimes. But I think I'm doing a great job. So, you know, pats on the back. <laughs> trying to, you know, like you said in the minigame, trying to understand. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's a lot going on, but by God. Yeah. We are doing it. And then eventually, because it looks like Ashes of the Wake was going to be my last note, but I already touched on that. So uh, to round it off, or actually, no, I have one more. Just kidding. But two more notes. One Gun. I can't do math. One Gun was my favorite guitar solo of the entire album. Uh, I always like to have an ear now, especially now that we've talked about it a couple times, of like when a guitar solo is too gratuitous. And when it feels like they're just jerking themselves off and that kind of takes away from the entire piece. I didn't feel like that was the case here. Uh Hence why I was like, good guitar solo. Jerk off, not good. No jerk off, good. (laughs) That's like the Drake meme. (laughs) That's that's my basis for guitar (laughs) solos now. No further questions. (laughs) It's actually funny you bring that up because that's actually where I got the term jerking themselves off for guitar solos because it was D. Randall Blay who said that one time. And I was like, that's the perfect way to describe most guitar solos. It's just... It's so silly. They're just shredding for no fucking reason. And that's one good thing about these guys. They don't shred a whole lot. But then when they do, it's oh, great. Oh, absolutely. Because I don't recall there being a lot of guitar solos on this album at all. So I think this guitar solo specifically on One Gun, which you can go listen to if you want to pause. It is off the album. Ashes of the Wake, which is also track 10 from Lamb of God. Go give it a listen. Come back. All right. Guitars are fun. We love that. But yeah, ultimately, a pretty solid album overall. I do think this is a great intro album for somebody who wants to ask you that question of like, what is heaviness? What is this genre as a whole? I think this is a great representation of it without it being too off-putting like a hypocrisy, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The lyrics were definitely a lot more stuff that I could linger onto or at least think to myself like even just you know on now you've got something to die for i'm like this is so what's the word i want to i don't want to say insightful and i don't want to say intelligent because obviously i just think that they they have intention and they have purpose like he's not just saying this shit just to say it like it you can tell that he means it and this is something he actively believes in that's that's what i'm going for you know you know So, yeah, I just appreciate you sending this over my way. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed this one a lot more than you did Hypocrisy. Um, I I did want to make one more note on One Gun because you did bring up the song because I think it's funny. And I just remembered this when I listened to it today. (laughs) Whenever I was growing up, I'm sure we all had it. Uh, But, like, I created, like, whole wrestling promotions with, like, a bunch of different characters and stuff like that. And One Gun was a song that I used for my Taz archetype type wrestler that i had in my wrestling promotion that i made up and i personally still think it's a great choice for a wrestling song because of how it starts starts out fast it stops then it keeps going fast and i'm like this is a great wrestling song i'm pretty proud of young drake for this choice yes so even though he wasn't okay he was doing some good work you know they're in the efeds he had himself some banger music and i love that for him Um, before I close it off, I did want to mention this as well, because we talk about sometimes the differences of track listings on our various streaming softwares. Um, actually, before I even went into their discography, they actually suggested this album to me, their 15th anniversary edition, uh, of Ashes of the Wake. And like, with that, 
it had all the songs obviously but then it had like their pre-production demos that i'm not sure you ever heard so like they had like laid to rest ashes of the wake in the pre-production demos and i listened to those for funsies even though i didn't have to because another nail for your coffin is presumably the last song is that correct Um, yeah that's actually a bonus track uh remorse for the dead is the last track on the album itself or actually yeah right here it's the japanese edition bonus track uh another nail for your coffin I always got to remember that. I got to let you know what songs are actually on the album or not, because especially with these old albums, they just add so much stuff on top of it. So my bad again. No worries, man. If anything, I'm like, y'all got to label things. I don't think this is on you. I think this is on them. Like, you got to let me know, because at least they put specifically that these are like pre-production demos. So I just assumed they were the bonus boys, but I still listen to them anyway. So if you haven't listened to them, I encourage you to take a gander, especially like Laid to Rest, since I like that song so much. The pre-production demo of that goes hard. Okay. So. I might have to check it out. I'm definitely, as we mentioned last week, I'm definitely a production snob with music. So it's like, I don't, I don't know what I'd get out of it because it probably just sounds weird to me, like production wise, because it's just a pre-production demo. So yeah, I don't know. I might still check it out though. I mean, just for, I guess, compare and contrast to be like, this is where they started and this is where they ended up. I I always marvel at things like that. Like, man, like the where they started and what they eventually came out with. I think that can be a feat in itself. So yeah, thanks for your time. All right, friends, we are back. It is time for Drake's portion of the episode. And I think that this occasion is a bit momentous. I feel like all roads have left to this very moment as we have been talking about this gentleman from the get-go. I feel like from the very start of this podcast, the genesis, the godfather, the man in charge of the Dr. Jerry Extended Universe Today, Drake will be talking about the first album that I ever listened to in my genre, and that was none other than Dr. Dre's 2001 album, which Drake, funnily noted, came out in 1999. <laughs> but, like, I, I thought about that, and I was like, why is it titled that? This is my opinion. This is just my own fan fiction canon. I'm not going to say if this is accurate, but this is just what I think, is that, like, because Dr. Dre was so ahead of his time in like production and the way his music sounded like it was very much future facing so despite it being in 1999 he's like this is what the shit in 2001 is gonna sound like and I said fair enough Dr. Dre um you know of course as we mentioned last week Dr. Dre isn't without his fair share of problematic behavior I guess that's fair to say you know um even just with this album as it stands in 2024, like beats wise, instrumental wise, musicality wise, production wise, top notch, 10 out of 10. This is, if not the standard of West Coast hip hop, like the chronic is great. Don't get me wrong. But for me, 2001 had a special place in my heart because my sister, much like Drake's older siblings, had this album and I rated it as a very young child. I think I was six when I first heard this album for the first time. So with the content in mind, <laughs> I don't know who had me listening to this, uh, but I, I definitely got in trouble for listening to this. It wasn't without consequence. I got into very much trouble for listening to this and unrelatedly. So uh, this wasn't the first time that I got in trouble for listening to music as a child. Cause also when I was six is when uh, Nelly's album came out Yes, right? Nelly's album, which had the single Hot in Here. And if you know the song Hot in Here, my mom was aghast in horror to come home and hear her six-year-old child singing, It's getting hot in here, so take off all your clothes. (laughs) Not great. (laughs) I don't know. I thought they were just genuinely hot. I was like, it must be summertime. It is very warm in here. I was like, I watched the music video and I'm like, is there no air conditioning in this club? Is that why they're just shedding their layers? I was like, somebody get them a fan, please. And then I could not understand why my mom and dad were so upset. They're like, they banned me from watching MTV. My my sister had to hide her music collection. I was not even allowed to go in her room without her being in there. And I think I mentioned this once before in a pod before. Who's to say? But to mitigate me from going into her room while she was in there uh she placed the vhs of child's play which is the first chucky movie in front of her door and i was so deathly terrified of chucky as a young child as well that even just seeing the vhs of it outside of her door 
I was murderous screams. Yeah, yeah. I just was so terrified. I did not even attempt to go in her room after that. Yeah. She had galaxy brain. She thought one step yeah. ahead. Yeah, 4D chess. Yeah, so with all that in mind, <laughs> if you're wondering, was six-year-old Maria okay? I think she was. I'm not going to comment on what happened later on in my life, but <laughs> <laughs> at that time, in that moment, I think yeah. she was just there for a silly, goofy time. Yeah. I think she wanted to be a cool kid like her sister because I believe my sister at that time was also like 17, 18. Okay. So, you know, like as a young child, I can't speak for you, but as a young child myself, like I thought teenagers were like the coolest people. Yeah. Like I wanted, they, I thought they were so adult. I was like, man. And now they they are the worst, confirmed. As a, a teenager myself once, I can confirm I was also the worst. Um, yeah. Have I answered all your questions before you, you deep to dive into this? <laughs> there is a lot there to comment back on for sure. I, I think we were all a little guilty of that, though, trying to just emulate our older siblings and stuff. Because I also have an older sibling. Because, uh, what, that would have been 11 years between you two at like that 11, point? Like 11, 12, yeah. Because I believe I'm 28 right now. And my sister just turned 40. Jesus Christ. Okay. So, yeah, like 12 years. Yeah, so not as much of a difference, but my oldest brother is... He's 11 years older than me. So that makes him 38. Wow. He's he's also older than I thought. Uh, no no offense. He, he listens to this podcast. I'm not trying to be a dick. I just... I didn't... I haven't thought about his age in a minute. So it just kind of blurs together, though, after you hit, like... 25 that's like the last milestone you get to wear in a car and then you're just done so it's all downhill from here <laughs> sorry about it yeah, yeah. and not you being like damn homie you're old but also uh my sister doesn't listen to this podcast so that's why i'm like damn homie you're old <laughs> good for you <laughs> and the uh, the other thing that you mentioned was uh dr trace questionable actions uh i see that he has been accused of multiple instances of violence against women, and there's four citations on Wikipedia. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, what we're getting into here tonight. Despite it all, uh, despite his lyrics and stuff, because um, they were hard on some songs. What was it? Like, Housewife was one of them. The one about smoking a bunch of weed, I just, that's for other reasons I don't really care about, but... Yeah, yeah and the one that I think, I don't want to say I have the hardest time with, but I think be I have, like, the most like cognitive dissonance with is explosive because it is such a good smooth sounding track yeah. the chorus is great it has our friend mr dog like all these great components of a great west coast hip-hop song and then you just get into the lyrics and you're like uh as a woman i'm like i don't i feel i don't know should i be liking this i don't know if i should it's a banger but i feel bad that it's a banger like i remember they're talking about like at the end and i even believe i don't remember who does the line jesus christ i'm not even gonna attempt to attempt guessing but basically they're talking about having intercourse yeah and this man i think it's the last line of the song too which is a great note to leave it off of <laughs> not to step on your leads if you are going to talk about this song but he goes bitch i'm out your pussy when i nut explosive and i'm like well Thank you, kind of gentleman, for having the consideration to not leave me with child during a romp of unprotected productivity. Thanks. The bar is on the floor. <laughs> that is all. I did have that one written down because, as you said, it is a very um, catchy song and it has a really good beat. And I'm just like, I really want to get into this track more. I will say in a disappointing fashion, Explosive only has two X's. I was hoping it would have three X's, but it did not have three X's. But but I did enjoy that one, um, just musically. Because it's kind of like with 50 Cent, too, since we're talking about Dre and his extended universe, which that was probably the first time we brought it up, I would imagine, which was the second episode. I don't even know how many we've done at this point. But yeah, it's just like some of the songs I can sidestep because they're structurally so good and like, vocally so good too like you said i don't remember who it was it was nate dog in the song um and nate dog has a really good voice so it's hard for me not to enjoy it um despite of course like the lyrics but yeah like that song and that one leading into what's the difference i thought was really good just musically um because i thought that happened twice on the album where like musically two songs kind of went into each other that both had some of the like similar really good qualities to them and this one was just musically and 
flow and like beat-wise and stuff like that. Then the other two were uh, Still Dre, which of course I knew that one before I had heard the album. That has a very uh, iconic piano intro, which, I mean, you know that song immediately. That's why it's such a good track. So with that said, with uh, Still D.R.E., are we going to get those musical stylings at the Brood Book? Are you just going to hit people with some Still D.R.E. here? Just I don't feel like it's terribly difficult. I feel like once yeah. you know what the notes are, it's like, no, 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 no. But like, are you going to look up the tabs? Yeah. Because imagine like, yeah, imagine you just busting that shit out for people. They'll turn around so quick. They'll be like, oh, word. Get that demographic. Not the doctors in the house. Still Dre Moonlight Sonata is the first one. I don't know what the hell that means. I know that's a classical term, but I have no idea. But if it's still Dre, Dr. Dre Zoom Splyin, some German thing. I don't... Yeah, right there it is. Dun, dun. I don't know if this mic's picking any of it up, but... For copyright purposes, maybe it's best. <laughs> <laughs> Redacted noise. <laughs> it's just us going, no, 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 no. Yeah. But I feel like you could, you could do that. You can bust yeah. that out. Have that in repertoire. Because I think, too, that'd be a great trick at parties. Like, people wouldn't expect you. And then you just go to a piano and just start whipping this out. They'll be like, oh, shit. I sit down with my polo shirt and my jeans. <laughs> I'm like, word. Yes, I do know still Dre. And they're like, still D-R-E? <laughs> Question mark. And you're like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, Crotch did say you needed to be more white on this podcast. So we're, we're only doing him proud. Yeah. Okay, so that bears the question. What the hell does it stand for? DRE. I think it's just like it's just his name, but it's spelled out. Okay. Like it's the DRE, okay. which is. But I think that sounds cooler than. Fair it's enough. the Dre, like yeah. just musicality wise, okay. like with the beat and how the song is structured. Okay. You know, it's the DRE. Gotcha. It rolls off the tongue yeah. a little easier. So no, like rap genius needed here for this one. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because I don't know if I should feel bad for calling it just Dre. But if it doesn't stand for anything, I'm just going to keep calling it Dre because it's funny to me. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and the next song after that is uh, Big Egos uh, because it has that nice undertow of piano. And like I kind of it's weird. Like I kind of wish there was more of it. But like at the same time, the fact that there is just a little bit of it makes it so valuable because it's like they do something here with, you know, explosive and what's the difference in how they structure the songs and then these two uh with how they have the piano underneath it it makes it every like makes all of it stand out in a good way so and it like i know this is vice versa so don't come at me i'm not saying that fort minor inspired dr dre i'm just saying that i listened to fort minor first and that's what it kind of put me in mind of was how mike shinoda would do his piano stuff which i thought was the best part of that album for me and why it's still one of my favorite albums you've given me so i very much enjoyed that um i i did want to shout out the intro too since we're a little all over the place but it's okay what was uh, that movie thing that sound it was like the tfx sound is that what it was? the thx sound yeah funnily enough for legal purposes the next following statement is a joke i i do not partake in any of these aforementioned activities on the album but when you know that stuff starts to hit for me i feel like it's the thx noise i just because people ask like what's it like and i'm like just imagine like you're living your day in everyday life and then all of a sudden it's just and then everything is in like 3d technicolor so that's just the that's why i'm glad personally why that was included in the intro because that's how it feels for me Again, for legal purposes, we're just having a silly haha. I don't know what you mean. Uh, yeah, it, it was a uh, it was a fun way to start the album, though. Um, speaking of things that like noises that have an impact on you as a person, listening to Ackright. Did I say that right? You're doing great. <laughs> All right, cool. I'll take it. There's a car horn in that song, and listening to that when you're on the road, driving for a living. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> That's hilarious because myself and Dianca had a similar experience yeah. driving today. It wasn't song related or anything like that, but we're just driving down. We're coming back from Aldi 
and we're having a silly goofy time and then i just hear like the siren blaring and i go oh god the drugs aren't in the car (laughs) and it was just a fire truck (laughs) so immediate panic immediate terror i was ready to put my hands up and sweat they're not in here i have nothing what you're looking for please (laughs) i just got my driver's license oh that's great but um one of the other songs that was very catchy for me was uh, Murder, Inc. Um, I thought that that had a, uh, like a, there's a lot of rap songs that'll have like a horror vibe to them, just out of nowhere, which I don't mind, but it's just, it's very, uh, it's nice. It's uh, not usually what I get out of songs from anything that I listen to. So I enjoyed that. It also sounded familiar, like I had heard it somewhere, but I did enjoy it regardless. Um and the last two songs I wanted to touch on were uh, The Message, which was absolutely my favorite on the whole album. Because of the lyrics, um, I thought that one was very poignant and profound. Um, and I think the the tone of the music matches it very well. Because I think... Not to say that there are a lot of bad, sadder songs and more deeper songs, but sometimes they just don't hit it like perfectly. Like You just got to have like a really nice riff or like a nice beat in the background um i thought they did a really good or dre did a really good uh, job with that and uh mary j blige was on that song too and she did amazing on that track too she was an absolute like yin to his yang almost on that song so yeah and then the last song that i wanted to touch on is the last song on the album and this is more just funny for me because i love that 70s show and uh tommy chong is on the outro and it's so funny because it just it's just who he is on that 70s show and who he is in real life. And it's just, it's, it was really funny. It took me back to watching that 70s show when I was a young kid. So yeah. And Lord knows we, you love some of that 70s show. Kitty Foreman stand club right here. Kitty Foreman's <laughs> the best. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. All problematic elements of this album aside, if you're able to just understand the musicality of it and the structure and the production, it's something that anybody can really enjoy. Yeah. You know, you just kind of have to check your moral compass at the door for a minute. (laughs) But other than that, you know, I think it's really fun. And I Googled this while you were talking just to make sure I wasn't full of shit. Uh, There was actually a whole orchestra about this album that was last year, I believe. And so, yeah, so like it's an orchestral rendition of this whole album and it's an orchestra with a conductor and everything. And their tour, they do touring like they go to Glasgow, they go to Liverpool uh, like they're on Ticketmaster. I mean, I wonder if they're, are they coming back this year? The last show that they had was in August of 2023. <gasps> Words are going to be in Salt Lake City. That's far from here. <laughs> but in May, they will be back again. So that's pretty uh, neat that they do like an orchestral version of. Yeah. So I know how much you love your orchestra. So maybe look up the they have videos on YouTube. Yeah, so yeah. Alternative Symphony is what they're called. Oh, cool. Okay. So yeah, give them a look-see. I will all right friends this concludes another fun sometimes unhinged but always a great time edition of our podcast we hope you've enjoyed we hope you've had a laugh and now it's time to get into what we're doing next week you want to tell the people yeah so we're doing um we of course are both wrestlers we talk periodically about wrestling uh so we've decided do an album swap of bands that have performed live on wrestling shows which was harder for me because like i told her off the record i know a tons of like tons of songs that have been given like as pay-per-view themes and stuff but like not a lot of bands that i know that have performed and like i don't really care for motorhead not that i hate him i just haven't never really got into him yeah so the only one i found was uh fozzy which of course is chris jericho's band and he performed live to end raw one time and rick flair was there i think if my memory serves me well i don't really know why exactly but that's the only one i could think of so i'm gonna <laughs> give you an album from them uh all that remains which is probably my favorite of theirs it has uh, enemy which is their most popular track and then it has a bunch of guest spots miles kennedy from alter bridge is on there mark tremani's on there i think the dudes from seven dust is on there too so they have a lot of guest spots and it's their first album that they like weren't a cover band too so it's a fun one i enjoy it i still go back to it every once in a while heck yeah brother man and i even noticed one of the singles that was on it which apple music does have it by a star oh, so gotcha. they're like 
fuck you drake <laughs> we these are the singles <laughs> but yeah that's awesome because i do remember seeing the video for enemy very clearly uh on mtv once and then it actually got banned no surprise based on its content if you haven't seen it friends we'll be talking about it next week so come on down and yeah for next week as well i will go ahead and give you an album from 2005 uh it's another rap group yeah so i'm just giving you another hip-hop group that i'm sure you will enjoy it is from the band three six mafia yeah 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 and they did a live performance on a random episode of smackdown around that same time and <laughs> they they uh, notoriously sing a mark henry's theme song the whoa hey whoa hey somebody gonna get their ass kicked somebody gonna get their wig split uh most known unknown is that album from 2005 that i'll be giving to you and uh i think it's very interesting to say or not even interesting but i know you have been asking me in the past like what is trap music or like what is the definition of trap music and i always find that it's so hard to define because i'm like yes they have beats yes they have bass but so does everything else that doesn't help you any so i think this will be a great album for you to listen to because three six mafia are known as being like pioneers of that trap sound they're originally from memphis they're a a great group of guys (laughs) just having a great time uh they talk about you know doing drugs and women and as they do but it's fun (laughs) so we love that for them and i hope you enjoy it because there are a couple songs on this album that i really enjoyed that were a part of my childhood Mm -hmm. so it also has that nostalgia factor as them so three six mafia a good time i have one question before we go uh do i listen to the explicit version or the non-explicit version am i allowed to listen to the explicit explicit version or no is this eight-year-old drake that will be listening to it or okay 25 year old drake what who what are we coming at this from it's okay 25 year old drake then he can listen to it explicit all right anything less it's a no-go all right fabulous he found it on spotify we're just making sure all the clearances yeah yeah uh juicy j who is a member of three six mafia he went off to do his own solo stuff which is all fine and dandy and he i don't know if you've heard it Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but he had a notorious song that came out, uh, I want to say a couple years ago, like five, six years ago, maybe. My time of things is very skewed, so that might be wrong. But Juicy J, nonetheless, from 3-6 Mafia, did a song called Bands of Make Her Dance. Okay. And I'm sure you can surmise what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> Dianca here, thank you for being a part of our a lovely mini game. She she nodded in approval. She's like, I know bands make a dance. <laughs> I know all about that. What's your real name? And not just rip a name. That's a line from that song. <laughs> yes, we can't play actual snippets, so that's my rendition to you. Yeah, okay. And I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Take care for now, friends. Love yourself, love the planet. Signing off, not from the brood book, but we'll probably be there next week, depending on if Drake can make it out of the trenches. Yeah, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.